Have you fully unleashed your inner nurse innovator? Let's talk all about nursing innovation and the future of our profession right here on episode 224 of the Nurse Key Show. Well, hello and welcome to the Nurse Keith Show. I am so grateful you're here, whether it's your first time tuning in or you've been hanging out with me here on the virtual airwaves for months or maybe even years. Thank you for being part of the growing Nurse Keith Nation. This podcast is all about you and your nursing career, and I'm here to share education, ideas, diatribes, and informative interviews with some of the most inspiring people from the worlds of healthcare, medicine, nursing, and beyond. And did you know you can leave a rating and review for the Nurse Keith Show? That's right on iTunes and Apple Podcasts. You can write a rating and review. Let me know that you've done so and I will read your review and thank you personally on air. Doing that really helps other people find the show. If you'd like to see the show notes for this episode, which I highly recommend, there'll be some great stuff for you to check out. You can follow along at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 224. Anyway, we are here with Dr. Bonnie Clipper and Dr. Karen Medor, and we are discussing nursing innovation. So welcome both of you to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Keith. Thanks for being here. And let's talk innovation. Nurses are, in essence, I think by nature, innovative. We are innovating at every moment. We're always doing things that are innovative. So what is it about innovation, Karen, that lights your fire and gets you excited about nursing pairing with this innovative spirit? Yes. As a physician who has worked with uh, many nurses in several different settings, I can say that nurses often have to come up with solutions on the spot for Mm -hmm. processes or devices that don't exactly always work out exactly as was originally planned. And that's often innovation that they don't even necessarily think of as innovative. It's doing their job, but it's a part of their job on a regular basis. Exactly. I'm so glad you said that. When I first became a nurse back in the late, well, mid-90s, I'm dating myself, I had a neighbor who was a nurse and he told me, well, Keith, if you're going to become a nurse, you need to be a plumber, a carpenter, you need to be an electrician, you need to be a counselor, a rabbi. You know, He went through all these different roles that nurses play. And when you're working in a clinical space, especially a high acuity clinical space, a lot of manual and intellectual innovation has to happen, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And Bonnie, Bonnie Clipper, you are the chief clinical officer at WAMBI, a patient engagement employee recognition platform, However, back on episode 207, some astute listeners might remember this, you were on this show not that long ago speaking about innovation in nursing from the perspective of being the chief innovation officer of the American Nurses Association, correct? Yes, yes, I was the vice president of innovation at the American Nurses Association and uh, have uh, really become attracted to what's going on in health tech. And I wanted to help import the voice of the nurse into this particular platform that I believe in very strongly. So it was a great opportunity. Mm, Great. Okay. So 
you've both been involved with Penn Nursing and Karen, your organization, BDO, and you had a survey that you released not that long ago, or the results in executive summary of the survey called Unleashing Nurse-Led Innovation. So Karen, can you give us the down and dirty about what this survey was about? Yes, we reached out to both clinical leaders that um, is defined as leaders within hospitals, health systems, and other provider organizations, and also healthcare business leaders. So leaders in non-provider organizations like pharma, biotech, and medical device companies and payers as well. And we asked them about their current participation by nurses in innovation and leadership within their organizations, and also what they saw as the greatest need and opportunity for nurses going into the future. Mm, Okay. And Bonnie, when you were on the show not that long ago, we were talking about artificial intelligence and robotics, and we, we touched on all these different aspects of the like the high tech aspects of innovation. So Karen, when we talk about those things and I spoke about them with Bonnie, innovation, I think a lot of us jump to the tech part when we're talking about innovation. So in in light of the survey, what did you find in terms of how nurses view themselves and innovation? Did you find that they have sort of a very narrow view of what innovation means? And do you think the survey had an impact on them in terms of widening their understanding of what innovation can be? Well, we were interviewing leaders within healthcare organizations. So this did include chief nursing officers and other positions that nurses filled, but there were probably more non-nurses who responded to the survey than nurses themselves. So we were really asking leaders within these organizations what what their perceptions were. Oh, I see. Okay. And are there any differences between the leaders' perceptions and the nurses' perceptions? Are they are a little bit askew or unmatched? Well, there might be, and that would perhaps be an interesting discussion. It would. Have, have with your listeners uh, what the respondents from, from both the clinical and the business side of, of leadership said regarding the, the, the top uh, most valuable skills for nurse innovators by 2025 mm-hmm. in both the category of clinical and business leaders, these three rose to the top. Excellent clinical acumen, mm-hmm. design thinking for process change, and the interface of clinical innovation and technology. Wow. Okay. So these are three things that kind of really became highlighted by this process you were engaged in with the survey. Yes. Right. Okay. And Bonnie, Bonnie Clipper, Mm -hmm. you know, I know you're really into the the AI and the robotics and all the exciting things that are happening. And I know you're, you're, I'm sure you see all sorts of innovations that are not highly technological, but from the survey and reading through it and participating and digging through the data, what jumps out at you? Is there something that that lit your fire or made you think differently or confirmed something you already believed? Is what what came out of this for you and what are you taking away from this process so far? 
Yeah, that's a great question, Keith. So as we talked about in the last episode, innovation is not always the sexy tech stuff, right? It can be models of care or processes and whatnot. This was a great study. So BDO and uh, Penn did a fantastic job. And I think the learnings of this are really helpful because it continues to articulate the fact that design thinking and human-centered design is extremely important, yet it's not a skill that we teach to either nursing students, medical students, or any clinical people, any, any of the disciplines, okay. yet it continues to bubble to the top as something that's going to be an extremely important competency for everyone to be very fluent in. Okay. So if this fluency is what we're looking for, Bonnie or Karen, well, let's start with Bonnie. Is it happening in nursing schools? Like are, are they talking about this stuff in nursing school or are they focusing on teaching to the test, to the NCLEX? Because that's really the, that's what they're there for to get people out of the, out the door, passing the NCLEX license and working in the, in the workforce. So are they addressing these issues in nursing schools? What are you seeing? You know, Keith, I'm not sure that when you look at kind of a continuum, while things have changed since you and I went to nursing school, Mm -hmm. there are still things that are very, very much the same. So to some degree, they have to teach to the test because the NCLEX is really the boarded exam that determines whether or not you become a registered nurse or not. So that's still kind of the gold standard. There are some schools, though, that are very progressive and I think in our really working to, to kind of advance design thinking as one of the um, kind of pieces of the curricula. So I know that there are some schools doing some really neat stuff out there around that. ASU does some work around that. OSU does some work. Penn does some work around that. Uh, University of Portland School of Nursing is doing some work there. Hmm. So there are some schools that are kind of advancing, dipping their toe in. But generally speaking, it's something that across the board is still not taught. Right. I do think there's transformation in education for clinicians, medical school, nursing school, and others. I'll I'll give you an example from my medical school experience. I was in the first class at the University of Texas at Houston Medical School that transformed their education from primarily lecture-based to what was called problem-based learning. So almost half of our lectures were eliminated. And instead, we were given case studies and specific problems that we then needed to learn to research with available resources. And this was before the internet. This was in the early 90s. So our research meant going to the library, pulling uh, the literature, reading um, in that way, mm. and, uh, and, and textbooks as well, and talking with our colleagues and with experts uh, on the medical campus to identify the learning objectives, and then as a team to identify what uh, we need to learn and understand from this particular uh, patient case scenario. And I became such an advocate for this way of learning from my experience because it taught you not just facts, but it taught you facts while also learning the process of how to uncover answers to problems that you you don't immediately have you know at your disposal. So right. 
I, I think that there's a number of institutions, including nursing schools, that are incorporating this model of learning at least into some of their curriculum. And as Bonnie noted, Penn you know, is among the leaders in innovation in nursing education. Right. And why am uh, I not they, surprised? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So that I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but Penn is doing it and you've identified some other schools as well that are that are really looking at this closely. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. So Bonnie, dovetailing on this, then the implications for nurses themselves, for the individuals who want to advance in their organization as innovators, what are the implications from the study? that tell you what nurses are doing and how they're doing it or the recommendations for how they can do this and become innovators and become part of the organization's, what would you say, their innovative plan, how they're moving forward. So what do you think these nurses can do at this point? So I would approach that question almost inversely. I think the study did a great job of showing us from a leadership perspective where there are strengths and where there are weaknesses kind of across the spectrum. So nurses that are perhaps a bit more um, innovative than others, really when they look for organizations that are going to help support them in transforming health or transforming care, Mm -hmm. those are the ideal places to focus on is where you can actually find a leader that's knowledgeable and will support you in doing that. And it kind of continues to cascade upward. So as the study pointed out, right, it's really important to have nurses with a really strong leadership skill set and knowledge base, uh, certainly understanding kind of the, the tactical nature of innovation and the nuts and bolts is helpful. Mm-hmm. But really, at the end of the day, we're talking a lot about change management. So having leaders that are present, engaged in conversations, where decisions are being made, and then willing to uh, take the risk to try new ideas or to support staff that have new ideas and want to continue to get out there, do a little bit of iteration through piloting, testing, tweaking, that kind of thing. That's really where I think nurses are going to flourish that have a natural skill set around innovation. I see. Now, when I hear nurse and I hear innovation in the same sentence, and when I look at this survey and I hear what you both are saying, Karen and Bonnie, I think entrepreneurship. Now, a lot of people don't think in terms of entrepreneurship because they think about entrepreneurship. Like I'm a nurse entrepreneur. I work at home. I often say I'm a pajamapreneur because I can work at home in my pajamas if I feel like it. But Intrapreneurs are those employees or staff members who take ownership of their position and look for innovative solutions. And they don't necessarily go over the heads of their managers and directors or supervisors, but they bring novel solutions to the table. And that's what we want. We want nurses to have a seat at the leadership table, whether they're CNOs or innovation officers or they're clinical nurses, boots on the ground, who are invited into these conversations for unleashing nurse-led innovation. So, Karen, do you think entrepreneurship, this concept of the employee taking ownership and, and thinking outside the box, is that an important part of what you think innovation means in nursing and healthcare? 
Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And in, in fact, the, the survey, I think, focus more on this than on external entrepreneurship because we were asking these leaders what they want within their organizations. So they right. want nurses who will help them innovate, create solutions, grow the business. And though, however, they've identified that at this point, the leadership is somewhat lacking in uh, those with a nursing background. Mm -hmm. Among the business innovators, 44% say that their C-suite does not include anyone with a nursing background. And oh, okay. Then that's so where, opportunity, right. that's for, opportunity for nurses to move into these roles. And, you know, they're, they're doing this with, you know, on the job experience and also with gaining additional ed- education and credentials, such as master's degrees, uh, in addition to their RN or BFN. Right. Going after terminal degrees so that they can they can have more credibility, more chops, more knowledge and move into these types of leadership spaces. That's right. Right. Okay. so we're going to take a really quick break. And when we come back, I want to dig more into the implications of the survey and how clinical and business organizations can unleash nursing innovation and how nurses can also become innovators or realize that they already are. And if you all have any examples of nurse-led innovations you want to point out, we can also dig into those. So we'll be right back after the break. So now we're going to take a pause for the cause for just a moment. Please consider becoming a patron of the Nurse Keith Show, just like other listeners who value the show so much that they want to give just a little bit each month to support the work we're doing here. When you pledge, you not only get the satisfaction of helping produce and support the show, you also get some pretty nifty premiums and gifts directly from yours truly. Just head over to patreon.com forward slash nurse Keith to read all about it. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash nurse Keith. Also, please consider signing up for my newsletter at nursekeith.com so that you can receive my bi-weekly message just for you. Finally, if someone you know could benefit from career coaching with me, please consider referring them. And if they become a paying client, even if they do one session, you'll receive credit for one hour of coaching with me. And there's no expiration date on that credit. And you can keep it in your back pocket until you need it most. Remember that you can refer as many people as you like and continue to earn those coaching credits over time. What a deal. Those are my sincere asks of you, dear listener. So now let's dig back into today's topic. And thanks for hanging out here on the Nurse Keith Show, episode 224. Remember, the show notes are at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 224. You're going to want to check out the link to the survey, Unleashing Nurse-Led Innovation. We're speaking with Karen Metter, who's the managing director of the BDO Center for Healthcare and Excellence Innovation, and Bonnie Clipper, Dr. Bonnie Clipper. She's the chief clinical officer at WAMBI, a patient engagement and employee recognition platform aimed at empowering compassionate care. So Karen, 
You're the managing director of BDO's Consulting's healthcare advisory practice and their Healthcare Excellence and Innovation Center. You're also, you've been an emergency medicine and urgent care pediatrician at the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia. You are a pediatrician now, board certified, and you've been in healthcare for, I believe, quarter century, more or less, like I have. Yes, and I also spent an extensive amount of time at the University of Texas Southwestern Medical School and Children's Medical Center Dallas. That's right. So you did Texas, you've done Texas, Philly, now you're in Ithaca, New York. So you've you've been around. And you've worked, you've you've interfaced with primary care physicians, federally qualified health centers, physician groups, you've looked at quality operations. So you've you've been in the thick of it in terms of healthcare. So based on your experience and this notion of nurse-led innovation, is there something, is there some finding from the survey that has deep meaning for the larger healthcare industry? And what is maybe one little nugget from the survey that you think is really important to communicate to someone listening right now wanting to know what the, what the takeaways are? Well, there's several. I'll, I'll highlight what some of the uh, business leaders said about the greatest opportunities for nurse innovators within their businesses by 2025. Okay. And they said that they need nurses as coordinators of interdisciplinary teams as consultants to integrate business products or processes within the clinical sites, and as leaders to engage end users to inform human-centered design. Mm. Okay. And when you say human-centered design, what, what I think of is, let's say, a nurse involved in the development, design, and then implementation of, let's say, a new bedside device. And yes. oftentimes we find devices are designed by people who aren't bedside clinicians. They don't know what little tweak can be made so that it's more convenient for the nurse or better for the patient or better for collecting data or the, the place where the thing should hang on the bed so that it doesn't fall down and break. So it sounds like having a nurse there saying, hey, this is a cool idea, but maybe this little tweak would make it a little easier for the bedside nurse to use. Is that what you mean by human-centered design? Yes, it, it translates products or services that are being developed sometimes by business innovators who really need the perspective of those who will eventually use the product and benefit patients uh, by using it. Mm -hmm. And and then somewhat in parallel, when we ask a similar question of those in clinical leadership within provider organizations, they said uh, the following three items are the most important for their organizations by, by 2025. And that is allowing clinicians at every level to practice to the full scope of their license to get, you know, the the greatest efficiency out of their work and also to bring the greatest satisfaction to uh, physicians, nurses, medical assistants, etc. And then another is changing organizational structure to support interdisciplinary teams within patient-centered care processes, recognizing Mm. the value that nurses bring uh, to those teams. 
and then uh, creating integrated systems across episodes of care. I see. Okay. So there's so many different pieces to unpack here. And Bonnie, I want to want to come back to you here. You are a Robert Wood Johnson Foundation Executive Nurse Fellow alumna, and you've been an Executive Fellow in Health Innovation and Leadership alumna as well with the ASUAONE. What is ASUAONE? Uh, Arizona State University and the American Organization of Nurse Executives. Now it's AONL, Nurse Leaders. AONL, okay. And you obviously were with the ANA as the very first ever Vice President of Innovation. And you've been an expert in this nursing innovation space for a very long time. You have interfaced with my friend Tim Raderstorff. He is at um, OSU, Ohio State University, and their innovation lab. And there's so much going on. There's so many exciting things. And then there's, there's fear out there, too. So I can hear a nurse out there sitting at her telemetry unit, taking a quick break. You know, nurses get breaks once every few months, right? So she's listening to this podcast, and she's thinking, okay, innovation is cool. I'd love to get involved. But I run my my tail off 12 hours a day, three or four days a week. I rarely get a bathroom break. I don't even get to have lunch. I'm ha- lucky to have a couple saltines and some water in the break room when I have five minutes. And I have so many patients, there's staffing issues. I'd love to talk about innovation more and would love to get involved, but it doesn't feel like administration gives me any room to breathe to be involved in anything but this direct patient care, which I love doing, but you know, I'd love to do more. So how do we change a culture where the nurses feel they're stuck doing that one thing they do, patient care, when maybe they have some really wonderful ideas, but there's no time or energy or space for them to voice them? So what do we do in this climate, Bonnie? Enlightening. So, well, you know what? Karen teed it up very nicely uh, earlier. It really is a matter of nurses are already innovators. However, these are not typically the words that we use to describe ourselves as nurses. Okay. So oftentimes it's just connecting the dots, right? When, when, and I've told you this story before, Keith. When I have spoken around the country and I ask nurses to raise their hand if they're innovators, very few do, one or two, maybe three. When I ask them to raise their hand if they've ever had to create a workaround to provide care, more hands go up. By the time I ask them, have you ever MacGyvered anything to care for a patient? Everybody's hand is up. Of course, so right. Exactly right. This is what we do to care for our patients, and we just call it doing our job. Working with great physician partners like Karen and others is hugely important because it can't be nurse-only innovation. It has to be nurse and. So it has to be all of the disciplines working together And oftentimes, the innovations come about as we're providing care. Someone will come up with an idea. So working together, kind of rolling that idea around a little bit, maybe in your own head, maybe amongst another caregiver, and then finally working its way upward to get some support within an organization is a great way to get traction to change processes or models of care within your own institution. Right. And And Keith, I'd be happy to share a a specific example when when I I was working as a senior leader within one of my prior healthcare provider organizations, recognizing that we had very long waits in our emergency department, particularly during the winter 
months and that our beds were at capacity within the hospital so that patients in the ER who needed a bed could not be admitted as quickly as would be best for them. I teamed up with the emergency department nursing director and the two of us brought together a multidisciplinary team and we did a root cause analysis and I don't have time to go into all the details here, but right. to just quickly describe that working together, physician and nurse leader, bringing other caregiver and team members to solve this problem, we did so over the course of several months. We made a significant difference in reducing length of stay and then ultimately being able to move patients through the emergency department more quickly. Right, right. So these innovations, whether they're little tiny workarounds at the bedside or their processes or policies and procedures or actual devices, you know, real physical devices, all of these fit under this, this umbrella of innovation in nursing, correct? Yes. Right. Absolutely. And looking at some of the results of the survey that I have right here on my desk, it says that one of the things that was was concluded was that unleashing nurse-led innovation is going to produce positive ROI, return on investment for businesses. And 57% of business leaders had said that advanced leadership is a skill they'll view as very important to nurse innovators within their organization by 2025. And 81% of clinical leaders say placing nurses as decision makers on all strategic planning teams is also very important for the organization. So I'm taking away from this that hospital and healthcare organizations, whether they're acute care or not, need to allow space for their nurses to be involved in these types of these types of initiatives, right? Mm -hmm. So we as leaders, we need to actually consider, okay, so I've identified this intrapreneur, this amazing nurse who just solves problems, comes up with novel ideas, this nurse that just it, every time you turn around, she's coming up with some new idea and making things easier or smoother. So as a leader, what do I do when I identify this nurse entrepreneur and I want to get her off the floor a little bit involved in some of these, these planning teams? How do I make sure that happens and not mess with staffing issues and the clinical issues on the ground? What do I do? Yeah, I think there are organizations that are very creative about how they do that, mm -hmm. right? And, and it depends on what organization you're in because everyone handles that very differently. Everyone measures productivity very differently. There are a lot of organizations that have innovation labs in them mm -hmm. and allow people to go down there and give them an, an number of hours kind of per pay period per month to actually work on a project as long as it's sort of contributing to improving something in their organization. So I think there are different ways to handle that. What we're seeing is the outcome is, is as Karen said, the more that organizations can work around either transformation or truly improving things to significant degrees, I think organizations are finding a way to carve out some of the time for that, for those things to happen. Mm -hmm. It's kind of, again, I go back to that change management piece. It's very difficult to just tell units, departments, or organizations how to do something. It's if the people in the trenches that know the problems the best and are able to help 
designed the solutions, that's where the true innovation comes from. And those often are going to be the solutions that stick and are the most effective. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Thank you. That's, that's really clear. That clarifies it. And Karen, if I'm a leader and I identify this nurse in the telemetry unit who's just amazing, then what I need to do is work with the interdisciplinary team and figure out how to kind of rope her in, like really like lasso her, to use a Western metaphor out here in Santa Fe, and bring her into the fold so that she can actually have a voice within these conversations, right? Yes, and as I previously mentioned, when there's an emphasis on helping everyone work at the top of their licenses, there may be an opportunity to bring other staff members to the team to free up the nurse's time to then contribute to some of these process and quality improvement initiatives that require that innovative uh, and design thinking. Mm, Right, right. So that's exciting. And I'm assuming like Ohio State University, Penn Nursing, some of these folks are way out front, like you've mentioned in terms of this. And I'm sure you're hoping that this is going to leak out to the other schools and the other organizations, and they're going to realize how much gold is involved in this types of initiatives. Mm -hmm. And let's, let's go back to that telemetry nurse for a second. If she feels the call, but isn't quite sure how to get involved. And her question might be, what's in it for me? Like, what's going to happen for me if I go to this committee and join and interface with the doctors and the PTs and the the CEO and CNO? So what's in it for me in terms of getting involved in something like this and coming off the floor? What would you say to that, Karen? I I think it can be part of an important career path and, (laughs) and, you know, it will be different based on each individual's preferences, but you know, there is a need throughout both hospital and provider organizations as well as the business type of organizations that we identified to have nurses involved in, in leadership. So starting from the bedside nurse who takes on a managerial role, grows into a director role, vice president role, chief nursing officer role, and maybe at some point decides that that individual wants to take his or her experiences to a pharma medical device or payer organization. Right. Right. So, I mean, the sky's the limit as long as you have the space, the time, the willingness and the ability to to get involved and take part in these types of these types of initiatives and projects. So, Bonnie, before we close, because we're kind of wrapping up, I, but I could talk to both of you for hours, and I would love to do that. Um, is there anything from the survey or just from your experience that we haven't covered that you want to make sure? that listener out there who's really listening for some other nugget? Is there something else we need to make sure we say? I think the opportunities to get involved in innovation are everywhere. They might be small, they might be hard to see, or they might be large, or they may be completely independent mm-hmm. and uh, you know, allow you to take an idea that you've conceived and come up with and, and carry that through all the way up to developing a product and patents and maybe even being the CEO of your own company. So I all think right. those opportunities are out there. Sometimes they're just a little bit foggy and hard to see. And then again, as, as Karen said, you know, we have to continue to really push hard so we develop skill sets within nursing and then get nursing leadership 
in every organization at the highest levels to be not only supportive, but also to ensure that they're present and they're there. And sometimes it's a matter of us as nurses sort of asking and maybe demanding to be at the table. It also has to happen conversely. We also want to make sure that we have other members of the leadership team saying, hey, I'm looking around and I'm not seeing a nurse. We need to add one. There you go. Right. So they have to have the vision and the willingness to think, oh my God, yeah, nurse, a nurse should be here. Where's the nurse? Let's go Absolutely. get one. <laughs> let's find, let's go on the street corner and find a nurse. Right. So that is so important. So nurses need that recognition. They need to be seen as more than just the people doing IVs and holding hands and wiping foreheads and doing procedures. They need to be seen as much more than that. And I would add too, and I think you all have made this clear, they need to see themselves as more than that. And I think that's that's kind of a heavy lift as well, getting nurses to expand their vision of what nursing is. And Bonnie, I think I mentioned this to you on your episode here that when I'm at the National Nurses and Business Association annual conference in Vegas, we have a Shark Tank competition. And a lot of the innovators who come up on that stage to present their ideas to the sharks, oftentimes they're physical products that they're developing. They bring prototypes. And it is pretty fascinating and exciting. And the winner of that Shark Tank gets money and opportunity and coaching to try to bring that product to fruition. And so that's that's exciting. And I hope that happens in more organizations that can support this type of innovation. So Karen, do you have any last nugget that you want to make sure you, you get in here before we say goodbye? When we talked with the clinical leaders about their recognition of nurse innovation and leadership, we found out that most of them, about 69%, do not have any nurse leader who has a primary focus on innovation. Mm. On the positive side, that means 31% do have a nurse who's in a role that's designated as uh, an innovator role. So we think that that's one of the greatest uh, growth opportunities and healthcare leaders may want to consider having a chief innovator role that could certainly be filled by a nurse or, or other clinicians. But nurses, as we discussed today, are, are certainly well-qualified and experienced to fill such a role. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Karen Medor, Dr. Bonnie Clipper, thank you so much. This is so exciting. I could talk about this for hours. We didn't even get to robotics and AI, but any. <laughs> listener who really wants to hear more about that, please go back to episode 207, where I interviewed Bonnie Clipper on her own in her role at the ANA, her previous role, where she really excelled as the first chief innovation officer of the ANA. And you both are brilliant. You're doing incredible work. And I can't thank you enough for your time. This is so wonderful. Thanks, Keith, for helping us amplify the message. Thank you. Well, there you have it. Thanks for listening to The Nurse Keith Show. Remember that the show notes for this episode, you're going to want to check it out and read that survey are at nursekeith.com forward slash the word episode and the number 224. I hope you feel uplifted and empowered from this episode, and I encourage you to take inspired action every day, whether it's innovation, 
moving towards more professional satisfaction, or even creating more joy and happiness in your life. Did you know that there are job listings at nursekeith.com? That's right. In the resources dropdown at the top menu of nursekeith.com, you can find jobs from ZipRecruiter, Reload, and many other resources that will be very helpful for you taking your life and career to the next level. The Nurse Keith Show is edited and produced by Tim Hollowell and his team at thepodcastinggroup.com. And Mark Capispeason is our social media ringmaster. Please keep tuning in again and again as we continue to explore how to powerfully elevate your life and career and the nursing profession and the healthcare industry and move towards your own personal and professional stratosphere. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch. This is Nurse Keith saying adios till next time from beautiful and sunny Santa Fe, New Mexico. Dr. Bonnie Clipper saying adieu from Austin, Texas. Austin, Texas. And Dr. Karen Metter saying see you later from Ithaca, New York. Ithaca, New York. Thank you both so much. And we will catch you all on the flip side.